Beyond operating at an overall 47% lower cost base with a 50% lower FTE level, uh, digital world-class finance organizations deliver much greater business value. We see that these DWC finance organizations have 2.2 times more of their staff focused on business analysis, and they're 44% more likely to be viewed as a valued business partner. These same digital world-class finance organizations are delivering forecasts with a 28% higher reliability than peers. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Finance costs are increasing for the first time in decades, driven by inflation and other uncertainty factors. But top performers continue to spend less and deliver greater value. These are just some of the findings from our newly released research, Resilience, the Digital World-Class Finance Advantage. And that's the topic for this week's Business Acceleration Podcast. I'm Global Communications Director Gary Baker. And I'm joined this week by principal in our finance executive advisory program, Tom Wellman, and senior director, Sean Fitzgerald. Gentlemen, greetings. Good morning, Gary. Hi, Gary. Just to get started, you know, this research compare, which is an annual one that we do, compares digital world-class finance with typical companies. And tell us a little bit about what digital world-class finance is and, and how we calculate it, Tom. Sure. When we benchmark an organization, we are evaluating them on a combination of operational excellence type metrics. So think efficiency, business process automation type metrics, as well as a dimension that we call business value. So effectiveness related metrics, stakeholder experience related metrics, as well as how they're enabling the business from a technology perspective. And organizations that score in the top quartile of both of those dimensions are ones that we designate as digital world-class. So it's not the low-cost provider, though it's true that digital world-class finance organizations have a significant cost advantage over their peers, but it's really those that have found the right balance between their efficiency with the value that they're delivering to the functions and the businesses they support. And why is that important? I mean, certainly it's important to drive an efficient and effective function, but we often get asked, why else is it important to be digital world-class? And we've done some research to correlate financial performance with digital world-class performance in at least one business services function. So that could be finance, HR, IT, procurement. And the reality is that the digital world-class organizations outperform typical industry peers across a multitude of financial performance metrics, including net margin, return on equity, and total shareholder return. So there's certainly a functional incentive to achieve digital world-class, but there's also a very strong correlation with overall financial performance as reasons why embarking on a a digital world-class journey is so important. Gary, you mentioned in in your opening that there's been a change this year when we look at our digital world-class research. For the first time since the financial crisis in 2008 and 2009, the typical finance organization's costs have gone up. They've been on a pretty consistent trend of reducing costs over time, but this year we saw the typical finance organization costs go up 7.5%. 
While the digital world-class organizations have proven their resiliency in being able to continue to reduce their costs year over year. So what that tells us is when you think of all of the disruptive factors that organizations are facing right now, from an inflation standpoint, rising interest rates, potential for a recession or at least a significant slowdown, typical finance organizations are having a hard time catching up. And that certainly made itself evident when we look at what's happened with their cost structure. Okay. Um, Sean, we, Tom was talking a little bit about spending, but one of the key messages here is that digital world-class finance organizations spend less, and they also spend very differently. Can you give us a breakdown of that? Sure, Gary. And you're right. And in that difference in the spend complexion between a peer organization and digital world-class allows digital world-class to invest in those technologies that enable better and higher levels of automation as as Tom mentioned earlier. So if we look at kind of the major cost categories for a typical organization, you know, with labor being a significant one for, for all companies, digital world class spends 44% less on their labor costs when compared to peer companies. With regards to outsourcing, they spend 65% less than a peer company would on outsourcing services. With regards to technology, they're only spending 10% less than peer companies. But as we'll see further on in our discussion today, they're delivering significantly higher multiples of value, both in terms of what they deliver, how they deliver it, and how quickly they can deliver it versus peer companies. And then with regards to other major cost categories of like facilities and travel and related items, digital world class spends 70% less than uh, a peer company. And when you combine this all together, overall, a digital world-class organization is spending 47% less than a typical peer company when indexed uh, comparatively. And that's, that's not incremental. That's, those are completely different step change spend patterns. And what that does for a digital world-class organization is allows them to invest and deploy resources very differently than their peer companies. And we see this when we look at kind of even just just within finance and the FTE breakdown, not only in terms of levels of roles, in terms of uh, who we have doing the different work within and across finance, but then again, what kind of value they're delivering. So if we look at kind of the four categories of finance FTE, if you will, when you look at you know transactional finance, digital world-class companies employ 63% fewer transactional finance folks than a typical peer company. They also have 32% fewer finance specialists and 33% fewer planning and forecasting and analysis type roles. And they operate with 51% fewer headcount in the management and administration functions. And while on the surface, that looks like, oh, we're just kind of field stripping finance, spend finance personnel and headcount to a bare bones minimum, as Tom will talk about in a few minutes, is the difference in what they're delivering, both in terms of not just lower costs, but just the multiples of greater value that they're delivering to the organization. So it's, it's substantially different, uh, as we've said, uh, how and where uh, digital world-class finance organizes itself, focuses and staffs its people and also how it spends and invests across different parts of the organization. And, and Sean, I, I think just a couple of additional points to add to that. So while, you know, from a cost standpoint, you mentioned that digital world class spends 10% less than their peers. 
The reality is, as a percent of their total finance budget, it represents a much more significant portion of that than peers. So they've been able to start to embark on that replacement of labor with technology that's so important in you know, achieving digital transformation objectives. When it comes to staffing, even though in absolute terms, they have fewer resources across all of the categories that you mentioned, the mix is much more heavily skewed towards planning and analysis and specialist resources versus the transactional areas. And I think that plays out when we look at you know, some of the operational excellence and business value metrics that you're going to cover in just a minute. Now, Sean, tell us a little bit about how digital world-class finance organizations deliver greater value and higher levels of operational excellence. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. So beyond operating at an overall 40%, 47% lower cost base with a 50% lower FTE level, digital world-class finance organizations deliver much greater business value. Uh, so if we just look at a couple of the highlights in this year's edition of Digital World Class Finance, we see that these DWC finance organizations have 2.2 times more of their staff focused on business analysis versus gathering and compiling information. And they're 44% more likely to be viewed as a valued business partner. And this is especially important in today's environment with all of this uncertainty because these same digital world-class finance organizations are delivering forecasts with a 28% higher reliability than peers. And this is significant because we see in our peer data that the forecast reliability of peer organizations has seen significant material degradation given the fact that we're dealing with all these external complexities in the operating environment today. So the fact that these digital world-class finance organizations are focused on the right things. They're extending their competencies out across the organization into different functional areas to provide that you know, financial expertise. They're doing it with a higher degree of trust and reliability in the planning cycle as well. And that's significant. And when we think about operational excellence, that other dimension of the digital world-class finance value grid, we've already talked about costs. They're obviously operating at much lower cost indices than peers but they're delivering all that great additional value to finance and the rest of the business much faster. So for example, their close to report cycle is 41% quicker than peers and their ability to develop an annual budget uh, happens 29% faster than peer organizations. So, you know, the takeaways here are delivering much greater value, uh, much higher levels of benefit to the business and being able to do it faster in a much more automated way which is a source of competitive advantage for those digital world-class organizations over their peers. Great, great. Tom, uh, you know, the research details uh, six dimensions that uh, digital world-class finance organizations focus on. Can you talk a little bit about those? Absolutely. And this really gets to the heart of the matter, right? Is is we see the value the digital world-class delivers. We see the benefit of, of achieving that. But now really, how do you get there? And the reality is, not every organization's journey is going to look the same. Everybody's starting from a, from a different level of maturity or a different level of capability. But in our evaluation of digital world-class organizations over the years, there are really six key dimensions that come up over and over again that these digital world-class organizations are doing differently, right? They're very focused on technology enablement and automating everything that they can from a 
from a process perspective, information delivery and, and information analysis perspective. And Sean highlighted some of those metrics earlier. They're very focused on establishing an enterprise data model, common sets of, of KPIs and, and business rules and analyses that they need to manage their business so they can really focus management's attention on what's most important and what's most critical in achieving their strategic objectives and doing so in an efficient way so that data and analytics piece is critical. They are aggressively modernizing their finance application architecture and migrating to the cloud faster than the typical finance organization so they can be sure that they are consistently on uh, operating with the latest functionality that's available from the solution providers that they use. They're taking the opportunity to take a hard look at their operating model. As we've introduced new technology capabilities, what does that mean in terms of where work gets performed and who performs that work? So do we have opportunities to further leverage global business services as a delivery model? Or do we have a better opportunity to leverage the services of a third party or a business process outsourcer? Do we have the right resources in place within the business units, providing decision support and acting in those business partner roles? So certainly evolving the operating model along with the investments of technology, you know, is another area where digital world-class organizations have excelled. End-to-end process design and ownership is another one that You know, when you think about being able to fully leverage the technology investments that you make to be able to fully optimize your operating model, you know, you really need to have, to the extent that you can, standardized, simplified business processes. And and we found that, you know, one of the best ways to do that is to establish some kind of end-to-end or global process ownership as a way to facilitate that standardization and simplification and make decisions across the enterprise as opposed to allowing individual businesses to determine, you know, how they execute certain processes. And then finally, talent management. And this is an area, if I think about the dimension that gets overlooked the most, it's probably in the area of talent. I think, you know, most of our organizations experience the the pains of the great resignation and still continue to experience challenges in finding the right talent to fill roles that may have opened up. So digital world-class organizations have really focused on designing and implementing programs that are designed to identify and acquire the talent with the skill sets that are most important for them but also to develop and nurture that talent and grow that talent. So, you know, as we have openings for more senior level roles, we're not reliant on, you know, acquiring new talent. We've got a very strong pipeline uh, of staff that can step into those roles. And again, that's just one that, that tends to get overlooked that really is key to making this whole process work. And kind of bringing this all together, I've seen clients that will take one of the six or two of the six dimensions and, and really invest heavily there without, without really thinking about the implications on some of the other dimensions. But, you know, what I would recommend for organizations that are just getting started or perhaps doing a reboot of their transformation efforts is really think through what is the vision and the strategy for your finance organization? Given all of the changes that are occurring in the businesses today, you know, what capabilities do we need? What kind of skill sets do we need? What is it that our businesses are asking us to deliver and really establish that 
I'll call it a North Star vision. So as you're evaluating and prioritizing different initiatives, you know, as business conditions change, you always have that anchor that you can rely on and use to communicate to the organization the what, the why, and the how of what it is you're doing from a transformation perspective. Tom, you talked about this a little bit just now, but what does the roadmap look like? How can you know finance leaders accelerate their organization's journey toward digital world class? Sure. So, you know, in developing a, a roadmap to, to kind of chart the, the digital transformation journey, it's going to be very important for organizations at the beginning of the process to understand how they're performing today, where the most significant performance and capability gaps are, so they can then effectively prioritize what they do when. So they can prioritize when are we going to implement different technology capabilities? At what point in the journey are we going to make changes or evolve our operating model? You know, at what point are we going to start to, to define and implement talent development programs that are going to ensure, you know, we've got the skills and the resources in the right roles in the future? So then the organization can begin executing against that in a very data-driven way and have a, a, a view of the future that they can use to communicate, not just within finance, but with the broader organization and get everybody aligned around what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, how we're going to do it, and ultimately the value that it's going to bring to different parts of the organization. You know, I, I think, you know, Gary, just to, to close that, that North Star vision or that overall strategy really differentiates those that at the end of the day are successful at transforming and delivering step change improvements in performance versus those that, that tend to flounder and, and realize only incremental benefits. Okay, that's great stuff. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Sean, for joining us today. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Gary. Listeners, if you're interested, visit our website. We will have a link uh, that you can find the link to download the actual research that was being discussed here today. It'll also be on the show notes page for the podcast. Um, and finally, this is just the first in our Digital World Class series. We'll have upcoming episodes covering Digital World Class performance in procurement, HR, and technology. So feel free to circle back for those. And thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackagroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode, or send us an email at podcast at thehackagroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.hackagroup.com.